Welcome to episode 19 of the Pinnacle Leadership Advancement Podcast. In this episode, Jake Johnson and Chad Albert discuss mistakes and how in in the workplace and on our teams, how do we deal with mistakes? How do we embrace mistakes? How do we look at that? And uh, some some discussion on how we can make that more of a an, an, an okay thing to uh, welcome in mistakes, taking chances, celebrate those and uh, develop the team through handling mistakes. I know you'll enjoy it. This is a good one. Uh, we'll see you on the next one. Well, welcome back to another episode of Pinnacle Leadership Advancement Podcast. Chad Albert here with my good buddy, Jake. How's it going, Jake? Hey, doing well, Chad. Good to be here. Awesome. Well, this this episode, what we have in store for you is a discussion a little bit about maybe ownership and mistakes and when we make mistakes at work as leaders and maybe people in our organizations handle mistakes so it's really you know how do we deal with mistakes uh we're both kind of fond of of uh, jocko willick and in his work uh, so we're going to touch base on the on his work out of extreme ownership today as well uh, but it, but it really is uh it's something that i think comes up uh through our careers whether we're whatever level we're at from, you know, when we start right out of, out of college, maybe into some type of leadership position. Uh, there are times when we, when things happen, things go wrong, we, mm-hmm. you know, that we don't expect and, and we make mistakes. And I think it's important that we discuss uh, how we deal with that. Uh, right. Right. Kind of Absolutely. Set the context for where you want to take it today, Jake. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's a great context. I mean, what do we do when there is a mistake or when we're not, when performance is not meeting expectations? And how, as leaders, do we want to approach that? How do we want to handle it? And I suppose there's, um, yeah, yeah, maybe I'll just start there. I mean, and certainly there's branches of where we could go from there, but I think that's a great place to start. Yeah. And I, and I know it's the one thing I like, I, I want to bring up and it, it took me a while in my career, even to, to process this is, you know, to not, when things happen, somebody comes to you is to, to like get to the point where you're not defending yourself. Um, it, it just, wh- whether there are facts or things that happen out of your control and things come to you, it's really about, just just addressing what went on but but not defending how or you know i did it because it, mm. it all it is frustrating it may seem to somebody that you know if they hear this is that it comes off as an excuse mm-hmm. it just comes off as an excuse and and i think the the context of of extreme ownership uh, from from jocko uh you know that when when you as a leader whatever role you're in you take ownership for everything that goes on if some if there was a mistake made uh you just have you have to own it Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. yeah i guess you know looking back i could have done this that that or that you know number of other things to affect the outcome and and that that you know if you start explaining how things happened it just comes off as as excuses Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. it's tough for us to swallow and and uh, I think that's, I guess that's other, the other part that ties into that, right, is, is to really understand where our ego comes in. 
Yeah, and that we want to be understood. We want to share the details of the in and outs of here's what went on. Um, but as you're saying excuses, I think what's heard is I don't want to change. That's ultimately what we're what we're saying. In that defensive posture, yeah. we're saying, you know, this isn't my fault and this doesn't need to change. And if there's a conversation happening because uh, performance is below expectations, there's an expectation that something's going to change. We need to improve, right? And so when we take this defensive posture or excuses to any degree, it it's, um, yeah, it's saying, I don't need to change. I don't need to improve this. This isn't a problem that's important to me. It's not a priority. Uh, and it's just not communicating, I think. As leaders, it's not good leadership, but it's also to our leadership you know, above us is not communicating that we're making it a priority to fix it. Right, right. Yeah, like you said, that when you get into that excuse defending space, uh, you, you, it really seems like a limiting type defense. You know, you're, you're, oh, we did this and that, and we don't want to change. Instead, you know, and I guess on the flip side of that is, um, I was explaining to somebody else the other day, is, is it's just, what are the facts? Mm -hmm. right right we can you know, what happened the, the we need result, to know those things yeah the result was less than stellar um maybe on this day that happened this day that happened those are the facts you know going forward we here here are things that we learn from it we can put we can make write a new procedure we can you know maybe maybe some people are just in the wrong place uh they, they aren't they aren't clear on what their role is uh, maybe the mission that we were tasked with wasn't clear. Uh, we, we, we thought we were on track, but the destination was wrong because there was uh, some, something not explained properly. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, the, I, I think, you know, in that, that space of mistakes, it's just really not taking it personal, you know, <laughs> get, get right. your ego out of the way. It's not right. personal. It's about that goal. And, you know, that, that's so important for what you and I are trying to do here with, employee engagement and leadership is that um, the leader, and I guess that, that's one of the important things I took away from extreme ownership too, is whatever level you're at, you're a leader of something. Yeah, absolutely. You have, if people below you made a mistake, you have to own that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, that their mistake is your mistake. Yes. 100%. Somewhere, somewhere in there as a leader, there was something you can improve on mm -hmm. learn from but it's never oh the, it, it's their mistake they're they're out there you know no, right it's on you and, and and even then then it goes up too then then the person above you needs to see that that was probably something they they can own and, and improve on that as well yeah it brings in that culture of of what could i have done to make it different or improve it. And as you said, you know, maybe the goals weren't known, maybe the mission wasn't known. Um, as a leader, I didn't communicate the mission. I didn't communicate the goals, what, you know, in a way that was understood. I thought we were, but we weren't on the same page. Um, I put the wrong people in the right job. Um, and I, we need to make some personnel adjustments. We got, we got this team player over here and we need them over there instead. Um, as and I didn't see that as a leader, right? Uh, that's where that ownership is coming in. Of I didn't communicate it or bring it up, or I didn't see it. I put this person here, and 
that really isn't their strengths. I thought it was, and it turns out it's not. Lesson learned, you know, we're growing, but really taking that ownership of, uh, you know, it's not, well, they, this person underperformed. Well, I put them there. So it's my yeah. fault. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in, in the other thing with, with, in these mistakes that, that come up in, in whatever part of life is that, um, you know, we just have to like see the try to sometimes get out and see the bigger picture. Mm. you know, it, and it's really easy when we get team focused, it's about, you know, our team and what we're going to do. And, uh, the, you know, the shipping department's not, not in my, uh, you know, that they're, they're their thing, right? I have no control of the shipping department, but maybe there's something they do that, that can help you, or maybe something you do that can subtly help them. And in the end, uh, one of the organizations I used to work for, we, um, Sometimes we get hung up on, on billing, like billing internal departments. Oh, uh-huh. Okay. And, yeah. and I used, I used to call it, I was like, it's just funny money. Right. Right. Like Left hand go accounting, uh, you know, accounting for this department, accounting for that department. If they, if they move resources over there, we have to like invoice for it. Uh, so, so the, the value of these things and, and, you know, to me, not a, not a CPA, not an accountant. I was like, it's a total waste of time. Nobody makes any money until this company sells a product to somebody outside the company. Right. Right. The goal, the mission here is to sell goods. Uh, somebody. Yeah. And, to the right? consumer. If, if we're, <laughs> if we're kind of like leveraging each other or like my, my department looks better if we have a, if we don't spend as much. And so we're, we're going to charge more to the other department. So you're like, well, wait a minute. Like that, we, we shouldn't even be doing any of that because none of us make anything until we sell it down the road. And, and that, that there's some examples in, in extreme ownership in um, some scenarios in the Navy SEALs where they ran into situations like that, where they weren't thinking how they all played a part in, in the particular operation. And I, I think that's just, you know, the more we can look at our organizations as one entire collective team, you know, what is the big picture? You know, when right. step back, when can we, when can we own that we were thinking in a limited fashion? You know, mm -hmm. well, mm -hmm. who, who did I not reach out to? You know, were we mm -hmm. really, really open to hearing input from another department? Um, were we, were we, I worked in organizations as well, where we had to do audits you know, on a six month basis that we actually brought, you know, because of the certification we maintained, we actually required to bring in somebody from a different department on a six month basis to audit what we said we were going to do, hmm. <laughs> you know? And so then you're like, wait, well, bringing in somebody from the outside can help you as well to say, you know, are you really owning everything in there or are you <laughs> stuck down some path? So. Yeah, yeah, totally agree with maintaining that bigger picture and how important that can be in what our overall goal and objective is. Um, yeah, and I think uh, another thing just to add to that, uh, another um, element of this ownership piece is as, as we as leaders own mistakes, now room space is created for mistakes to happen. Um, I was having a conversation recently where new project is coming down the line, new opportunity, but with that newness comes uncertainty and no, you know, I may not have skills in this. 
there's potential for mistakes. But if we're adopting this culture of, yeah, I made a mistake. I'm learning from it. I'm growing. Um, where now it becomes okay. There's permission to make mistakes instead of, in my mind, the pressure of making a mistake beforehand, um, I think really doesn't bring out our best work either. Um, you know, a thing we're really big on chat is that employee engagement. If I'm so fearful of making mistakes, it's hard to be engaged and love the work I'm doing and put all of it into it. It's this fear, anxiety, um, I'm probably going to be tense and I'm probably going to be more likely to actually make mistakes. So in, in that psychological place. So uh, anyway, one of the things I was thinking about is just how we're creating also this, you know, mistakes are okay. At least for the Navy SEALs, the consequences are are much more significant. And, and, and but in business, for the most part, no one's dying. Um, we can learn from this mistake. And it's good to have context about that as well. And seeing the bigger picture. Like, well, yeah, yeah, we it, can learn from this. It's spot, spot on in that. That's something that I have observed over the years, too, is that um, if we create a culture of mistakes are bad, mm -hmm. there's a lot of fear. There's a, there fear and anxiety. Um, and it even breeds a culture of, oh man, I made a mistake. What, what, you know, becomes a CYA type thing, right? What, what can I do to, to try to fix this before anybody finds it? Right. Right. On the flip side, if we're like, we, we know we're going to, we're going to push the envelope. We want people engaged. We want some, um, you know, decentralized command. We, we want people to take calculated risks. Mm -hmm. and, and we know that we know mistakes are going to happen. We actually should invite mistakes because then we're pushing the envelope, you know, here and there, we're going to miss where things aren't going to go right. But if we create that culture where calculated risks are good, mistakes mm -hmm. are, are good. Owning them is what's important. Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, no, we, yeah, I, I didn't see that. You, you know, we can learn from this. We're going to grow. And I, I think that's that's the thing is as we embrace this culture, the topic of mistakes and, and and owning all of that, we can create that culture where mistake. You know, you know, people don't come to work with the anxiety. If I, if I if I don't dot an I today, I might lose my job and not be able to feed my kids. Sure. Yeah. You know, versus they're going to come to work being engaged, knowing, okay, you know, my leader has my back. And if something happens, we're, we're always going to find the solution. We're not just going to put blame, you know, mm -hmm. oh, you, you, you know, because everybody along the way is going to own. And it, it it's kind of also, I guess you could say it as accountability too, right? I mean, ownership, accountability in the, in the same thing. But as long as we're creating that, that culture where everything, you know, we just own and take accountability for everything around us. It does create a more engaging place for all of us to be. You, you yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, one of the things that you were saying there that I was kind of taking is just so like, almost like, what did you learn sort of attitude and approach to mistakes? Because I think it's a, a little more subtle. I mean, you said someone shows up and is maybe worried about losing their job and, and maybe that's true. I think in management, it can be a lot more subtle where, where we we don't want to be humiliated we want to be a part of the group and a part of the team and and if we're asking questions that are demeaning to someone you made a mistake what's going on uh we're sort of taking a harsh tone even with a mistake i think that can just be really demoralizing sort of in just taking the wind out of our 
our sales. And so um, just, I don't know, maybe I'm going too psychological there, but really kind of paying attention or thinking about the, this, you know, what do we learn this curious place of mistakes? Like, what are the facts? How did we get here? And, you know, what would you do differently? What do you want to do moving forward? You know, how do you want to handle this? Uh, and yeah, anyway, I wanted to kind of add some nuance there with just how um, I think leadership and management and cultures can kind of take this insidious approach to mistakes where you are in that CYA and it doesn't feel good. And it's like, oh man, I'm going to be humiliated or I'm going to have to, you know, go in front of the board or whatever, that feeling of just public shaming or something. Yeah. Well, but I I think, you know, you kind of like joke a little about making it too psychological, but it it really is the culture that I think we're after in workplaces that, that is engaging is it really is being curious, being inviting, uh, you know, celebrating mistakes. Mm -hmm. And and it is, I, I think it's a tough culture to build because our, our ego wants to protect us and we don't want to seem weak or, or maybe incompetent incompetent but mm-hmm. i think it's just for us to step out there and if we take the role and we own it we take this kind of ownership role the confidence that comes from it man Absolutely. the people around you know that this guy is never never going to try to cover something up never going to pass blame onto somebody else and then it's just man the the place you go to work is way better right that yeah. environment because you you just you you're there Everybody says, "Hey, you know what's what failures can we celebrate today?" Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What because because then it's just being curious. Like, how can mm-hmm. we get? How can we take that and get better instead of every day kind of being oh just cookie cutter doing the same thing, never pushing the edge to try to. I guess even it doesn't like spawn that curiosity to say, well, I've got an idea. What if we do this right mm-hmm, now? Mm-hmm. Now even the um, the courage it takes to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. is less right yeah you see people doing it you see people owning their stuff being being vulnerable challenging the system i i think that's you know out of a, a conversation we start here about how do we handle mistakes you know there's there's so many things about the culture that you know even if we reframe and there's got to be a different way to flip that word is you know i think i've heard that flipped is like what are our opportunities for improvement you know Mm -hmm. instead of saying Mm -hmm. their mistakes which is maybe more of a defensive type negative word Mm -hmm. we just look like what are our opportunities for improvement today Mm -hmm. Uh, and and then then it's just flipping flipping the even the words we say so that we see it in a positive light instead of negative yeah 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 And, and something else that you're hinting at too that i think is great is if we aren't moving if we aren't setting goals we might not be making mistakes, but we're not, we're stagnant. We're not growing. We're not learning. We're not improving. And so I love the idea of, you know, mistakes are a sign of uh, maybe working out and being a little sore the next day. It means that we're growing. It means that we're getting stronger. We're improving. And and, mis- and if we're never reaching outside the bounds, if we're only doing the things that we're competent at, then uh, well, that skill is improving or, or maybe being honed, we're not broadening, we're not improving on a broader sense. Um, and so to really, uh, there's growth there that I think is energizing as well that, hey, we're trying new things, we're thinking about, we're innovating. Yeah, yeah. 
And, and that all, you know, it, it all comes out of, of just uh, owning, owning what we do. Um, you know, and looking, I, I guess that, you know, that, that's the thing is we, we talk about employee engagement too, is if we're, if we as leaders aren't like engaged and curious, mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's kind of hard to expect that of everybody else. Right. Yeah. Yep. Are we engaged or are we just, Oh, I got to this level of management and I'm cool to chill here uh, until, until the next, n- the next level up opens up for me. Right. But you, you know, and, and it's, I, I guess this is relevant to the conversation, but you know, sometimes our things steer astray is that if we own where we're at and we keep our ego in check and we're just looking for something, we may, we may be the manager, the mid-level manager that produces the next CEO. Hmm. If, hmm. if we're willing to, to, to not see them as a threat to us. Right. Yeah. I've got this up and coming young manager. I mean, he's really, man, he's, he just thinks at a different level than I do. Um, and, and if you can leave a runway for that person to really go, just, you know, really push their strengths as we talk about uh, in a, a few episodes back. Right. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but, but if we're, if, if we're kind of limited and not owning that or even be curious and looking for these type of people, we, we just, we can't create that around us. Um, you know, so that, that's just other stuff that can come out of being open to seeing possibilities in other people and, and not being limited by this kind of mistake mentality. Absolutely. And, and I'm kind of coming back to like, we're just, we're both coaches. And yeah. so we, we love, I think that, that how do we be curious? How do we ask open-ended questions that lead to exploration of mistakes, opportunities for improvement? You know what happened here with and and part of coaching is uh good coaching is we're not judgmental there's no judgment and so right so it's that curious non-judgmental tact approach of you know what what's going on what can we learn curious let's poke at it let's explore let's shine some light around and see how we can improve um our workplace our culture and you know the work that we're doing so yeah. I, I think that that's pretty cool to kind of just connect to like, yeah, we're just, we're coaches and to take that coach approach, I think is, is just so powerful. Yeah. And, and it does as we, you know, maybe we inspire some people out there to go, you know, consider trying to create their own coaching style in management, consider themselves as a, a leader at whatever level, but also a coach and, and create that, create those people around you that are are the same way and just you know they're they're curious uh, i you know really celebrating celebrating opportunities for improvement and re re rewording the way we think um you know just so it's in a more positive light and i I think doing all these things um you know learning learning from other great people and examples bringing uh different different books and stuff like extreme ownership into our workspace uh, you know it just it's it can't not lead to more engaged teams mm-hmm. in the end. That's just more bottom line, more profitability for you. And the one thing that I, I always kind of get back to when I look at the, you know, the power of coaching within organizations and leadership is if we can all be more engaged, we're happier at work, we're happier at home. Our, we're happy in our communities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
yeah and yeah that's an energizing and exciting place i think to to kind of come back to and see uh how ownership uh how checking our egos can just make such a positive impact yes well i I, it's good. I, I think we we've come to a lot of good stuff on this. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, thanks, yeah. John. Well, you know, for for the listener on, on this episode, um, I highly recommend uh, reading, or in a lot of cases, I I listen audio books like Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willick and Leif Babin. Uh, and following on that, there there's a book that follows up on that is called The Dichotomy of Leadership uh, mm-hmm. by the same guys. Uh, a lot of practical experiences from uh, Navy SEALs uh, put into a context that applies to business. Uh, I, I like the way they lay the book out. They bring uh, situations from their experience in, uh, uh, sounds like a lot of it from their their time on, in duty in, in Ramadi. Um, but then they, they, they put it and frame it into a context that applies to business. Uh, so I highly recommend uh, you, if you haven't, go out and read that read that book and and see what of that you can apply to your your own career and life. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well said. With that, we'll close this one out, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Please uh, like and share the podcast, and we'll see you again. Mm-hmm.